Stage Door Sessions by Broadway Direct. In this podcast, we have in-depth conversations with Broadway's brightest, bringing you what's new, what's noteworthy, and what's coming next to a stage near you. I'm your host, Elisa Gardner, and I'm here with Stephanie Hsu, currently appearing on Broadway in Be More Chill at the Lyceum Theater. Stephanie is a Los Angeles native who made her Broadway debut just a couple of years ago as Karen the Computer in the musical SpongeBob SquarePants. You may have also caught her in the Hulu series The Path or on MTV's Girl Code, among other film and TV appearances. She has several in the works, including a role on the third season of the hit Amazon series, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Stephanie also has a strong foothold in the worlds of sketch comedy and improv. She's a member of the troupe Political Subversities and of the Story Pirates Changemakers, an education and media organization that turns kids' stories and ideas into sketch comedy musicals. Welcome to Stage Door Sessions. Thank you. Thank nice you for having me. Nice to have you me. here. So by now, most or at least many of the folks listening uh, will know the basic background story of Be More Chill, the little musical that could yeah. and did <laughs> make it to Broadway in a big way after a long path. It started at the Two River Theater in Red Bank, New yeah. Jersey, and it involved a huge push on social media that came after a cast recording and videos exploded online. So tell us a little bit about where that journey began for you and what the ride has been like. Yeah. So um, I studied experimental theater when I was in college and I worked a lot with this woman, Liz Suedos, who was the writer and creator of Runaways. Um, She was a huge mentor of mine. And that was kind of the extent of my involvement with musical theater. There was, I was doing a lot of theater with music in it, but it was certainly always on the experimental side. And so um, the contract at Two River, Be More Chill at Two River, was actually my first ever equity uh, contracted musical. And um, at the time, I was thinking I was going to be doing a lot more TV um, even at that time. And so I almost missed the callback, actually, because I was in L.A. for my first screen test. And um, they were like, the creatives really would like to meet you. And I was like, I don't really know that I do musical theater. And they're like, they think you should really come and it would mean a lot to them. So I was like, okay. So I flew in that morning um, from LA to have an appointment for the callback of Be More Chill. Um, And I remember meeting Stephen Brackett, our director, and he had looked at my resume And the most recent show I had done was a show called War Lesbian at Dixon Place, which is a downtown, downtown theater. And Aaron Markey was in it. You know, a a bunch of people who were involved who are actually now very much in the forefront of contemporary theater. Um, But Stephen Brackett looked at the at my resume and he was like, oh, my gosh, you were in War Lesbian. (laughs) I heard that was amazing. And that's when I knew I was at home. I felt safe to be a a part of that fabric. Um, so yeah, so we did this little musical, Be More Chill at Two River. And um, we, you know, I think the the artistic directors of uh, Red Bank uh, of Two River had the foresight at the time to record this album. And so we did. And for me, it was so many firsts, you know, and I wasn't involved enough in the industry of commercial theater to even understand what a transfer was. And so I wasn't even thinking about a Broadway transfer, an out of town tryout. I was like, oh, this was a summer job, you know? Um, And then lo and behold, this whole thing happened. And what's so crazy about um, the album becoming viral was that 
there really was no push from anyone on the creative team or in the cast. It sort of just happened organically, which has been so special. And it's been really interesting to, you know, see this come all the way to Broadway and also definitely notice the ways in which different pieces of theater off Broadway are sort of using it as a as a stencil almost to propel their shows. So many more off-Broadway musicals are now recording cast albums. And I mm. think a lot of it has to do with, with Be More Chill and its trajectory and how, how it kind of happened. Yeah, that's very true. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, your role in this musical is a kind of a quirky dream girl. <laughs> You're not uh, the head cheerleader, the kind of elusive high school goddess that the nerd gets a crush on in more typical stories. Uh, she's in the drama club. She's funny. She's goofy. And I think probably a lot more accessible, not only to those of us who loved musical theater growing up, but people just a lot of young women and girls. Um, is that part of what appealed to you about the role initially? Yeah, I think, you know, as someone who has never been seen as a typical ingenue, I don't think that I even could put myself in those very uh, straight edge shoes. So I think going into the audition, I was given I Love Play rehearsal and I saw what was funny in it. And so I just brought what I bring to things to her. You know, I, I don't think I had the script at the time, so I just didn't really perceive what she has now become, which is this vision of a leading lady that is so different from what people usually see. Um, and certainly over the years after meeting fans, I remember at the stage door of SpongeBob, I was meeting so many Be More Chill fans before we even knew the show was oh, going to continue. Oh yeah. My first ever stage door experience of, of Broadway, of, of SpongeBob, which was my debut. I came out of the stage door and people started singing Christine to me. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I, I'm in SpongeBob. How do you know this? I just could not. I didn't. I I didn't grasp yet the reach of the album, and meeting these young fans of musical theater in general at the stage door of SpongeBob, I really understood. Wow, these kids really do love play rehearsal. Like they, they, it, it just brought a certain kind of closeness to the perspective. Um, and definitely going into the, we call 3.0 version, the Broadway version of Be More Chill, I have seen the ways in which young people are really needing some of the joy and the medicine that I think Christine Canigula actually provides. So for me, that role has become an even deeper like offering for them, you know, to give them permission to be as weird and wild as they are. And to know that they are also can be they can be worthy of love, because really, when you're that young and at whatever point in your life, everybody wants to be a part of a love story to some extent, I think. And it's difficult to imagine it if you can't see yourself in a traditional love story, you know. That's true. Well, speaking of medicine, you touched mm -hmm. on that. This show is very topical, obviously, in addressing technology and the role it plays in teen life today. You have a young person struggling with anxiety who comes to literally use technology as a drug, which I think it has become <laughs> for a lot of us in, in some ways. Uh, what kind of feedback have you gotten from these young fans and, and from people in general who come to see the show or on social media yeah. for, that, for that matter? 
You know, it's so funny as an artist, sometimes you don't completely understand the extent in which art actually has the power to heal. And we are flooded with letters from young people all the time um, about ways in which the show has helped them. And one that really sticks out in my mind is a really long handwritten letter. That's what's so beautiful. Wow. It's like these kids are writing a with their hands. With a yeah, yeah, letter. right? <laughs> Can't believe they still teach that. Um, but uh, this this young person was talking about um, how they were taking medication to help with some health problems. And it was a really dark time in their life. And they set an alarm um, with a different song from the original cast album of Be More Chill to remind them to take this medicine and that it really helped them know that what they were struggling with, I think it was physical and also mental, um, that what they were struggling with actually had light at the end of the tunnel and that it helped them continue forward as opposed to fall back into their suffering. Um, and that's the thing is, you know, it's no secret that our show is not for everybody. And a lot of people are like, I don't get what all the commotion is about. It's so loud. <laughs> and then there are meanwhile, like young people who are, you know, at the rush line every single day. And I think that there's something about it that young people, they just have never seen a story like that. That is, that is as big as all the feelings they feel inside, you know, especially on Broadway when things are much more cookie cutter, you know, but the chaos that is inside of them is as loud and as strange as our little sci-fi musical, you know? Oh, I, I know that. I have an 11 year old who's a huge fan. Oh, we, yeah. we saw together. Oh. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Those yeah. big emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I can relate to those too. Yeah. I think we all can. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your own background. Yeah. Um, I read that your grandmother escaped China during a period of war yeah. and went to Taiwan and your mom eventually landed in LA yeah. where you were born. Yeah. Um, at a time when diversity is such a focal point in, in media, in the arts. Uh, is representing your own heritage something that's often in your thoughts? You know, it's something that I think I pretended like it didn't exist for so much of my life because I was trying so desperately to assimilate to theater and what that meant to me. The great white way is what we mm. call it. And I hated musical theater and I I didn't hate it, but I just never saw my place in it. And I didn't think I had the words or the cultural permission to admit that it was because I just didn't know where I could be in it if I wasn't right for Miss Saigon, which I've just never been right for Miss Saigon, you know? Um, and it's a really powerful time to see. I mean, I think we're still making baby steps, but there is shift happening. And to be knowingly a part of that shift is so wild. You know, I mean, my mother even said to me when she saw the show off Broadway, she said, you're so lucky that the director took a chance on you and put you in a white person's role. And she didn't say it as like a, she just said it as a matter of fact. And that is shocking to many people who are not in minority, or actually I'm not using the word minority anymore because we are not minor, <laughs> um, but in marginalized groups, um, that's shocking to some people, but for people who get it, they're like, oh yeah, my parents would say that too. And so, you know, it, it's been really beautiful to see so many young Asian people and just young 
kids of color at our stage door and you know exactly why they're there. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Um, I know you write in yeah, addition yeah. to performing. And as I mentioned, you've been involved in sketch comedy and improv, and you've mentioned having a background in experimental theater. You went to uh, NYU's Tisch School of the Arts and have studied with Atlantic Theater Company. At what point did you know you might be leaning in that direction and, and who were your influences? Yeah. So, you know, I joined theater relatively late. I was playing basketball all throughout high school. <laughs> and awesome. what I like to say about my career thus far is that there have been a series of guardian angels who have been like, did you know that you can do this in college? Or did you know this, that you can be an actor actually for life? And those concepts were just so foreign to me. Um, but when I, when, even when I was young, when we were supposed to write essays for science projects. I was always trying to find a way to make like a dumb video instead. And I think definitely meeting Liz Suedos, like my first year of college, completely changed my life. She really taught me not only what it means to be an actual like holistic artist, but she taught me and all the people that she held really close to her that art has a power to shift the culture around you. And in fact, its job and its necessity is to do as such. Um, so I think she was an incredible mentor that came into my life that gave art purpose for me because for so long I felt very ashamed to be an actor. You know, I was like, oh, I'm, oh, really? I can do so much more than just act. You know, I like should be in journalism or something because that's sustainable. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Let so, me tell yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> um, but I do believe, and especially even with Be More Chill, it has taught me that in a very tactile way that the work that we do as artists has a very real and necessary impact. Yeah, mm -hmm. certainly does. And I looked at your resume online and um, among the special skills you list, in addition to sketch and improv and Mandarin and farming, which yeah, I love, yeah. are, are beatbox and various oh, yeah. Spanish dialects. Uh, you've done voices for animation as well. And yeah. you have a very distinct voice, a very distinct vocal ability as a speaker Thank and a you. singer. Um, is that ability to make different and interesting sounds something that uh, is that a, ch a talent you've had? I just, you know, sometimes I step outside of myself and outside of my life and I'm like, who gave this to me? I don't know. No one in my family. Yeah. My grandmother, you know, escaped in the Cultural Revolution. My mom was sent over here at an early age. No one had the permission really to even entertain an idea, uh, uh, entertain the idea of a life in the arts. But also I'm like, I'm the weirdest one. Where did this come from? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know. But that's definitely something Liz also brought out of me, too. She and I were in Abu Dhabi together working on something. And I remember us being in the airport and she was like, I just don't want you to forget that you're funny. Mm, <laughs> um, good advice. Yeah. Um, I, I read you described in one bio and someone else may have written this. You can tell me as an actor and performance collaborator. Oh my goodness. And I thought that was an interesting term. I, it made me think of performance art, performance artist. Mm -hmm. with your various skills and interests. Have you ever thought of yourself as a as performance that, artist? Definitely not as a perform, performance artist, but I do believe myself to still be a collaborator at heart. I mean, I feel that 
downtown theater will always be my closest love to be sitting on the floor in a room with a new piece of work and trying things out in a way that's not just a 29 hour reading is my favorite thing. Um, yeah, to be really trying to push the boundaries of what, um, performance can be is very exciting to me. And I think it's really happening. I look at Broadway. I don't know that I'll ever be a producer, but I will say that I walked out of um, what the Constitution means to me at New York uh -huh. Theater Workshop. And I was like, this has to go to Broadway. And then it came to Broadway and I walked out of Slave Play and I was like, this has to come to Broadway. And the announcement just, just came announced. out today. Yes. So <laughs> it's exciting to see work that is really close to home for me um, in terms of my community come to the forefront of commercial theater because the reality is that Broadway reaches so many more different people and to have work that is pushing boundaries in that way from for people from all over the world is so amazing and awesome. It's another hyphen that you can add. Yeah. <laughs> producer. Producer. Um, in theory. <laughs> in theory. But um, I see you have a number of projects in post-production right now. TV series called Karate Tortoise. Is oh that my right? gosh! Is that yeah, yeah, that wrapped a while ago. Yeah, uh -huh. um, but you're the title character. I am. I am <laughs> in. I'm plastered in uh, um, prosthetics as a, a literal karate tortoise. Wow. So they're figuring that out right now. <laughs> and uh, you have TV movies called WAP and um, another film called Asking for It. Yeah, Asking and for It is actually one that we are truly in post-production for right now uh -huh. and going to be sending it off to festival circuits uh, at the end of this year. Uh, Janine Garofalo is in it and it's, oh, um, very cool. it's a really, really special film. Um, a comedy? I it's like a, it's like a comedy thriller. I would say that we have likened it to um, uh, slipping my mind right now. Um, it's like Get Out. There we go. Oh. Get Out means Get Out meets the Me Too movement. A comedy thriller. It's a comedy is pretty, thriller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Descriptive, and of course, marvelous Mrs. Maisel yeah. is, is pretty special. Tell us about how you got that and who you play. Yeah. So I can't tell too much about the character, okay. but um, yeah, the audition came to me when we were still in tech. And I hadn't been auditioning because I was just so in the thick of Be More Chill. And they sent me this appointment and I was like, okay. And so on like a dinner break, a friend helped me self-tape in my dressing room. And I think my brain was just so truly fried that I was like, I'll just throw this to the wind. And if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, so yeah, so I guess it was meant to be. We've been shooting for a few months now um, and I'll be in it the whole season and it's been one of the biggest gifts of my life. It's Amy and Dan just, it's such an honor to work with people who care so deeply about the work that they are making and mm -hmm. do so at such a high caliber and care about every detail in a way that really shows, I think, in the final product. Um, that show is just done with such excellence. It's so smart. The writing is so good. Um, and the production value is just so extraordinarily beautiful. Yeah. A lot of people think so. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, but you can't tell us anything about your role. I can't. Okay. I've been so sworn to Can you secrecy. tell us if it involves your comedy chops? That's a pretty... Yeah, I think there is question. definitely 
<laughs> yeah, I she's think, fierce. <laughs> I oh, excellent, yeah, yeah. fierce. I love that. Do you like to garden in your free time? By the way, I, I love. It sounds like you have so much doing, but I I did want to ask you about that because um, I read that you once worked on a farm. Yes, I and did. on your site you mentioned picking radishes and fantasizing about having an <laughs> avocado tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I think I need to update my website because I definitely, <laughs> it's been like years since I've even touched that thing, but that's but okay. I love those images. Um, those are true. Um, yeah, actually this year, my best friend and I built a um, built some raised beds in her backyard and we've been growing lettuces and different medicinal herbs, um, regular medicinal herbs. Everybody calm down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been actually, you know, I have very little free time these days, but the biggest gift has been that garden just to be able to really see and observe seeds growing in real time is such a peaceful um, and humbling witnessing, you know, we are also nature. And so to be able to surrender to the actual rhythms of what growing is, is such a parallel to a life in the arts, a career, a life in general. Um, so that's been, uh, such a blessing. And I definitely, you know, agriculture is a very big part of my brain space. Wow. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Agriculture, basketball, yeah. your renaissance <laughs> moment. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I imagine theater and live performance are going to be things you return to before For sure. too long. Um, do you have any ideas or goals about what could be next now that you've contributed on, on Broadway to these two musicals that really captured the pop zeitgeist. Yeah. Does that up the ante for the next one or? Well, you know, it's so funny. I, as someone who never really expected to be on Broadway, I am looking forward to the time after Be More Chill closes just to what I like to say, like come home a little bit and just, yeah, you know, you I've mentioned been, that off Broadway yeah, and experimental. I've, yeah. I've been going nonstop from Broadway show to Broadway show for the last two and a half years. And SpongeBob, I also was in development with since the very beginning. So it just will be nice to kind of wonder and really listen to what I actually want to be next. California, I've been trying to move to California for the last two years and Broadway has pulled me, not pulled me back, but Broadway has been like, do me instead. Um, so I definitely, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm like grateful for, uh -huh. but I'm definitely thinking about um, spending a little bit more time in, in Los Angeles um, just because there's a lot of work out there that I know I'm really grateful for and mm -hmm. um, would be excited to try something new over there for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, we hope to see you soon downtown, uptown, Yay. on the other coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you so much yeah, for joining thank you us for and having chatting me. with us, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. For all things Broadway and to find tickets to your next show, visit broadwaydirect.com. This podcast is produced by Broadway Direct and the Niederlander Organization with Iris Chan, Glenn Halcombe, Erin Pervasnik-Wagner, and hosted and produced by me, Elisa Gardner. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon on Broadway. <laughs>